right, everybody. Welcome back to the Rivalry Week of Across the Campus, the college sports podcast presented by atbsports.net. I'm Alex, the captain, and alongside me today, I've got AJ, the guru. What's going on? What's going on, AJ? Well, uh, before we dive in, let's uh, let's kind of do some recap over the yeah. last week. Um, big upset we got to talk about, Oregon losing. That yeah. was uh, That was big. It was. It was one that I don't think a lot of people even had their eyes on for the simple fact that it's the West Coast. You're out mm-hmm. West, rather. Nobody really pays attention to it here in our right. part of the country. But I did watch it, and Herm Edwards seems like he's got Arizona State going uh, in the right direction out there. And Arizona State's been one of those teams. I mean, they're 6-5 and five right now, so they're bowl mm-hmm. eligible. Like, that win was huge for them moving forward to bowl eligibility. But I think that now that he's added that win, I mean, they just look dominant. Um, you know, Jaden Daniels, the freshman quarterback, he just looked absolutely stellar. He had three touchdowns for 408 yards, just could not be stopped. He's a freshman, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He, uh, from what I saw, he, he likes to throw the ball. That's for sure. He was able to yeah. air it out. I thought very well. Uh, and I was talking to one of my buddies about this earlier about the Hubert out there, the Oregon's quarterback. He's going to lose so much money because he didn't come out of the draft last year. Yep. He he does not nearly have the have nearly the hype he did last year at this time. Last year they were talking number one overall pick and this and that and the other, and he decided to go back to Oregon. And I'm assuming to do his degree, which is great. No knock against that. But when it comes to his draft stock, I don't know if he's, you know, he's probably late first round, I assume, but he's no first round or no high first round first overall like he was last year at this point. Absolutely. And I think, uh, I mean, you look at this Arizona State defense. I mean, they they weren't necessarily swarming him. They were just always in the right position. They picked Mm -hmm. him off twice. I think that they exposed him and really showed, okay, this kid, he's a great quarterback. But if you're if you position things and hide your coverage as well, you Mm -hmm. can't. He he can't figure it out, and I think that that really showed last night, and it should or not last night Saturday, and it shouldn't have, considering that Arizona State is you know six and five. They're not a good program this year. They're going in the right direction. They're definitely trending upward, but mm-hmm. this shouldn't have been a game that they were in at all. No, and looking at the numbers right here, Herbert was twenty of thirty six for three hundred four, averaging eight point three yards, uh, two touchdowns, and two picks. Mm. I mean, those are. St- I mean, 300 yards against anybody is still good. That's yeah, still absolutely. a good day. But when you look at the on the overall uh, on the year, he's thrown for just under 3,000 yards at 30 t- 30 touchdowns, five picks, and ranks 20th in QBR at 75.8. Yeah, so, that's uh, different than last year for sure. A little bit. Um, now I think, and this could just be speculation. I think they knew they'd already had the division clinched. Mm-hmm. So they weren't really worried about this game. I think they were looking ahead, and we'll talk about this later in the later in the podcast. Um, they were looking ahead to the Civil War. Sure. Um, I mean, and who and who doesn't when you play a apparently or a seemingly weaker opponent the week before a big rivalry game? When don't you look past that? Right. Um, and it's, I think that's, it, that, that's one of those games that's in your in the back of your head every or every week of the year. Mm-hmm. Like you're always going to be thinking about it. Well, and I know that some programs out there, um, I feel like Ohio State did this under Jim Trestle. They may have done it under um, Urban Meyer as well, but they would run, like, one play in practice. Yep, they had, they had, Michigan. A, they had a rivalry, rivalry uh, period. Yeah. Yeah, they still do. Okay. Yeah, I knew that that was something that Ohio State had done. I didn't know if that mm-hmm. was a continuation. Yep, and they that's still a cool do. tradition. I think that's, you know, and I think a yeah. lot of 
premier programs do that. I'm sure Alabama does that. I'm sure Auburn does that. Um, whether or not Michigan does, I don't know. Um, it looks – we can talk about Michigan too. I mean, they're they're clicking at the right time. Yeah. Um, they're looking pretty good. But, uh, again, I guess we'll cover – We'll cover all those uh, big games later, but uh, let's move on to Penn State, Ohio State. Yeah, that was a great game. Um, yeah. If you if you like a tight football match, I was really impressed with how Penn State played in this game and really slowed down Ohio State's offense. Yeah, they did. And, you know, Penn State really. I mean, if you take away three turnovers that Ohio State had, Penn State doesn't score a touchdown in that game, though. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was kind of like you know the Buckeyes showed up in the first, second, and fourth quarter of that game. Uh, yeah. You know, whatever happened in the third quarter is beyond me. I'm not sure. Just kind of lackadaisical. And it th- you know, I thought about it too. These guys, no, a lot of these guys, a lot of these stars hadn't played in the third quarter all year long. Yeah. And so maybe you know, this guy a little comfortable or whatever it was. But those three turnovers, one by Fields, or I think it was two by Fields and one by Dobbins, uh, they're early on in the third quarter. It even gave them great field position uh, to start with. Uh, that really did help, or really helped Penn State. And it put the Buckeye defense in a tough spot being in the plus territory. And uh, Penn State was able to capitalize with two uh, touchdowns and a field goal. And then, you know, fourth quarter turned around, I think the Buckeyes figured out, okay, we can't do this anymore. We got to, you know, this game's a little too close for comfort. Let's start, let's pick it up a little bit. And they did. And they obviously came out with a big win. Yeah, I really, you know, I was really watching this game, you know, kind of out of the corner, you know, while I was in Boston, whatever. And people were talking about it as we were walking around the city. And, I was just absolutely surprised to hear, oh, yeah, Penn State's only down four. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, it must be the first quarter. And I look, it's the third quarter, and Penn yeah. State's down 21 to 17. Yeah. And, you know, as as a college football fan, and I think a lot of people can appreciate a good matchup like that, um, Ohio State was held to their lowest per-quarter average of the season, right? This is the only game that they had not won by twenty. They had not won by over twenty points. Yeah, an eleven point win over a solid Penn State mm-hmm. team. Um, I almost don't wonder if the result would have been a little bit different had they played in Happy Valley. Um, I don't know if it's so much that that had a that had a chance to, but also losing your starting quarterback in this thir- in the third quarter as well. Yeah, uh, you know that that hurt a, into a sense, but they brought a quarterback at their elevens. Clifford went out in the third. He had mm-hmm. he was ten for seventeen for seventy one yards, and uh, Levens came in. He was six of six of eleven for fifty seven, but he also ran for thirty four, and he ran the ball pretty well too. I thought because it was tough because you know, Ohio State did not have any film on him, so he was able to kind of do some things that Clifford was unable to do. Yep. But when he got towards the back at the tail end of the game, uh, Penn State offensive offense was they had their back towards the uh, Ohio State uh, student section, and they had three miscues on snaps mm-hmm. and. Uh, James Franklin said in his press conference, he goes, they were just guessing the cadence because they couldn't hear. They couldn't, they couldn't communicate plays in from the sideline to, uh, to the field, or they could not, or the line can, could not hear, uh, Levin's, uh, with his cadence. Yeah. Didn't so you say a something like they were just guessing what the yeah, cadence was? Yeah. They were just kind of guessing saying, okay, this seems fine. Cause they, I think they had two or three fumbled snaps mm-hmm. and Ohio state did cover one of those, but the, the officials blew it dead before, and called a false start. So it was, I think one time the entire offensive line moved, but the center, and then the other time was a center moved and everybody else didn't. And so that's kind of a tough, that's a tough spot. With the backup quarterback and with 107,000, however many people were there, that's a tough spot. So, and it come in, coming in in relief for a pretty solid quarterback in Clifford. 
Uh, but like we mentioned, yeah, he only had he was ten of seventeen for seventy one yards, no touchdowns, no picks. And Levens threw one pick, and that was Justin Hilliard over the middle, mm-hmm. uh, late in the third quarter. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I uh, I really like Journey Brown, the running back here. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, and I think he really kind of helped out Levis during that you know spell that mm-hmm. Clifford was out. I know that he was able to come back into that game and play. Um, but Franklin said, look, I'm liking what Levis is doing right now. I'm going to stick with Levis. Absolutely. Um, you know, why, why risk, you know, getting Clifford hurt again? Sure. Yeah, Brown, he had 11 carries for 64 yards and one touchdown. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, kind of guy who, like K.J. Hamler, who wasn't – they weren't sure if he was going to, going to play or not. It was a game-time decision. Mm-hmm. He came out with three, three receptions, 45 yards, uh, no touchdowns, and his longest was uh, 22. Yeah. But, well, yeah, the uh, – Penn State only had they had three turnovers, two fumbles, one pick, and the uh, the Buckeyes turnover wise had four, three fumbles. Uh, Fields had three fumbles, lost two of them, and Dobbins had one. He lost one of those. So, I mean, numbers wise for the Buckeyes, they uh, passing Fields was sixteen of twenty two for a buck eighty eight. Still not his best game, but he had two touchdowns out of it. Uh, Dobbins ran the ball thirty six times for a buck fifty seven, which is huge. Mm-hmm. That's more yards than he's had all year, more carries than he's had probably in his career. Uh, Fields had 21 carries for 68 yards. Master Teague, he only had two carries for seven yards. And for some reason, it seemed like he had a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. But uh, his longest was eight. That doesn't yeah, make any no, sense. He must he must have been in the negative at one point. Must yeah, have been a negative probably. Play. But yeah, KJ Hill, you know, they were able to get the ball around to see here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight receivers throughout the game for that 188 yards. And defensively, too, Pete Warner, I saw he got a defensive player of the game with eight total tackles, or excuse me, ten total tackles, eight solo. And uh, Tracy Young was a you know, man amongst boys with three sacks again, kind of what putting his stamp back out onto the field, saying he didn't miss a whole lot, which in retrospect he really didn't miss a lot. He missed Maryland and Rutgers. Yeah. And so he didn't miss too much. I mean, the, his he sack total the year. His, <laughs> exactly. His sack total on the year would be, would be 20 if he had played those two games but he's sitting there at 16 and a half yeah, it's, on uh, the year. I mean, he's he's a stud. Like, and anybody who watches college football knows just how good he actually is. Yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, he's a fun player to watch, too. And I'm, it's really good to see that he's back from that suspension. Um, you know, nice tune-up for him against Penn State before, obviously, the game we'll uh, talk about later, Ohio State-Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, the game, as it's known all across the country, the greatest rivalry in college sports. Absolutely. Um, it's a really quick thing of note. Um, looking at some college basketball scores, and we'll jump back into football here in a second. Um, Yale uh, takes down Western Michigan. Uh, Dayton beat University of Georgia. Um, but right I now, I saw they, that. Yeah, right. That was a big one. But right yeah. now, Virginia Tech is leading number three Michigan State with uh, just under ten minutes to go in the second quarter. Hmm. Uh, 49-45. So that'll huh. be a game to keep an eye on. Sure. And the uh, Buckeyes are Buckeyes are playing Kent State right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that should be interesting. Uh, the Ohio State women, um, I saw this earlier, lost to Ohio University last yeah. week. I think it was last week, two weeks ago, something like that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that Ohio University women's team looks really, really yeah, good they right do. now. Um, they're clicking on all cylinders. They, I think they were a preseason favorite to win the MAC, and they're showing why. Absolutely. Um, anyway, back to football scores. Baylor, Texas. Yeah. Uh, Baylor responded from that embarrassing loss. Came out, they handled Texas, uh, beat them by 14, um, sends them to the Big 12 championship game, or the 
of the quote unquote Big Twelve Championship game because I don't mm-hmm. think that's actually a true championship game. No, right? it's not. No, it's okay. not. Um, you know, and that was. I'm sure that you know those guys are feeling good about themselves. Um, I mean, they led twenty-one to three at one point, um, and just really kind of took control of that game. Uh, really, from the second quarter on, um, slow start for both Texas and Baylor. But uh, you really look at you know what Matt Rule, the coach, is doing down there, um, and he's talking about how proud he is that the players are just sticking with it. You know, last week was a make or break for a team like Baylor, who mm-hmm. hadn't really been in an undefeated spot this late in the year, and they responded the the right way, and now they right. have a chance to make the playoffs potentially it's a long shot but sure but uh, yeah. they they're still alive yeah Baylor's sitting there ranked 14 at 10 and 1 in Texas 6 and 5 mm-hmm. uh Sam Ellinger he ran he threw it for uh 20 or excuse me 37 times completed 22 attempts uh for 200 yards on the dot no touchdowns one pick with a QBR of 24 9 that uh that definitely won't get it done no and then uh <laughs> you know rushing wise they had an I think total they had 391 yards because they had a buck 91 rushing. Yep. That was between four running backs. And so they really just couldn't find their groove there. Uh, Corey Brewer uh, was 16 of 25 for 221 with one touchdown, no picks. He also was the leading rusher with 18 attempts, 75 yards, and one rushing touchdown as well. I've become a big fan of his over the past year or so. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of a quarterback you don't really hear a whole lot about. Uh, his dad and brother played at Texas, and he doesn't get an offer from Texas, so he goes to Baylor, and he kind of shows out there. He's only a junior as well. Yeah, no, he's a he's a smart player, super super focused on what he's doing, um, and uh, yeah, super underrated. Kind of like what you were saying um, is, I re- I really like watching him move the ball. He's effective with it. He's not he he doesn't make mistakes that he could avoid. Right. Um, you know, any interceptions or things like that are I don't want to say they're not his fault, but you watch how he plays and he's just so fluid mm-hmm. that a lot of those are tipped passes off of the receiver's hands and things like that. So it's uh, right. he's a very smart kid, very smart with how he protects the ball. Um yeah. Yeah, cuz on the year here, it's if I can find he only has 5 picks on the year. Mm. He's thrown for uh 2753 yards, 19 touchdowns and a QBR of uh 73.1. But yeah, like I said, those 5 picks not bad, really. I mean, yeah, compared to what he's done in previous years. Yeah. It's not bad. No, he's a solid kid. Um mm-hmm. really really looks the part of a strong college quarterback sure. and uh yeah i'm excited to see i hope you know i don't think he'll declare for the draft i think we talked about this last week so i hope yeah, he I comes he back next year and uh and takes it up another level yeah absolutely i mean i don't i haven't heard his name brought up really by any you know mock draft type people mm-hmm. so i mean and he's one of those guys too he's just kind of been baylor out of the way doing his own thing and mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that yeah, absolutely, and because Baylor's that program, right? That mm-hmm. you know, every once in a while they'll get like this phenomenal athlete that everybody talks about. But it's Baylor. You don't think of national championships or consistency with the Heisman Trophy or even Big Twelve championships. Like, you, it's oh, that's Baylor. Okay, they're gonna give us a tough outing, but it's Baylor. Mm-hmm. Um, other scores, uh, kind of of note: Georgia squeaking by Texas A and M. Um, that was tight right down to the end. 
Yeah, that was. I uh, was able to catch bits and pieces of that game, and uh, yeah, it really was a, lot, a little too close for comfort, I think, for Georgia fans. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm I'm sure Georgia is probably looking ahead. They sure. know that they're uh, playing in the Big or the not the Big Twelve, uh, the SEC, SEC championship yeah. here in two weeks. Um, they've already clinched that division. They could lose. They could have lost last week and this next week, and mm-hmm. still gone, which I think is crazy. Right. Um, but yeah, that was uh that was really really close. And yeah, uh, Jake Fromm, he uh, was eleven of twenty three for a buck sixty three, only one touchdown. Uh, DeAndre Swift was night had nineteen carries for one hundred and three yards, but Fromm had three three carries for negative twenty, and the team combined or the team had negative seventeen. So that brought the total rushing yards down for Georgia to ninety seven. That's and insane. that brought down the average from five point four to two point seven yards per carry. And that won't get it done against many teams, but fortunately they weren't playing Alabama. <laughs> right. That's definitely something they're not going to want in the SEC championship against LSU. Oh, goodness, no. Uh, the LSU will tear them apart if that's the same performance they show Absolutely. Out. And, and, you know, Texas a and they're sitting there with a 7-4 to record. They're not overly too bad, I don't think. No. I mean, they've – let's see, let me look at their numbers here. They, Mod, I mean, they have a loss to Clemson. Yep, um, lost to Clemson. Lost to Auburn. Mm-hmm. And a loss to Alabama. And the Alabama loss is the only blowout. Yeah. Um, and, they, and they barely squeaked by Arkansas. Yeah. Like, it's – they're not an awful program. I mean, they've got – you know, they've got an almost 20-point win over Mississippi State. Um, you know, they the, – the Auburn loss was a possession. Um, so, I mean, that's they, – they've been playing well this year. It's just – they're one of those middling SEC teams who's just not quite over the hump, and that's fine. Right? They, uh, you know, they were at they were there, you know, three years ago or whatever mm-hmm. it was to, with with Johnny Football. Yep. And then he leaves, and then uh, Mike Evans, you know, that whole era. They, those guys leave, and then they fire they fire Kevin Sumlin. They bring in uh, oh from Florida State. Uh, why am I blanking his name? Um, I can pull it up really quick while you. Why am I blanking his name? <laughs> They're paying him a lot of money. Yes, they are. Um, one, I've seen people all over the internet like, "We're paying him this much money here. Pay me half that, and I'll coach this team." Right. Jimbo Fisher. Yes, that's. That, well, yeah, I don't know that's why <laughs> that name skipped my. Yeah, but yeah, they, they pay, it's like what hundred million dollars or something like that. Yeah, his contract is stupid. It's one of the highest in the in all of college football. And it's all guaranteed, I think. Right. Uh, I think most of it's guaranteed. I think there are a couple bonuses, mm-hmm. but I think like ninety four million of it is guaranteed money. It's stupid how much of it is that he's pocketing just to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, another close game: Oklahoma, TCU. Um, Oklahoma, a little bit of a hangover, I think, is the the issue there. Um, they uh, they didn't look. Stellar, you know, Jalen Hurts had two touchdowns and then ran for two more, so he had all of their scores. But like the rest of the team, just kind of said, "Well, we're good. We'll uh, we'll let Jalen take care of tonight." Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was. I mean, TCU really had them on the ropes there. Uh, Even they're trying to fight for bowl eligibility, and this was the kind. I think this was the game TCU needed Mm -hmm. in order to get that get over that hump because the five and six right now. TCU is, and they look to West Virginia next week, who's sitting there at four and seven. That's actually a Friday game. Uh, TCU's favored by twelve points. I, uh, but yeah, I think this is one TCU's going to look back on. They really needed this one because they had so many opportunities to do so. Mm-hmm. With you know, they got you know some turnovers that went their way, uh, some trickery went their way, and and whatnot. 
but uh, they just came up just just short. There, Jalen Hurts was, as I mentioned, eleven of twenty-two for a buck forty-five, and he was also leading rusher. He had more rushing yards and passing yards. He had 28, 28 carries for one hundred seventy-three yards, mm-hmm. and then Brooks were under him with twenty-five carries for a buck forty-nine, um, and then everybody else kind of just you know was in the middle of the pack. But C.D. Lamb, you know, he didn't. He had two receptions for 16 yards. So the defense, uh, TCU defense did a phenomenal job of shutting him down, their number one receiver, really. Then they, uh, Rambo, Charleston Rambo, he uh, he led them in yards in, in receiving with uh, six receptions for 77 yards. He averaged mm-hmm. uh, 12.8, and his longest was 36. But The thing yeah, that I mean, interests me from this game, Jalen Hurts threw a rare interception that was returned. It, it was a pick six. Um, and that really, I think, kind of turned the tide for uh, TCU to show that they could compete with this Oklahoma team who's still fighting to get into the playoffs. Yeah, and, you know, Oklahoma, they are far on the outside looking in at this point, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, sitting there at nine, and it's going to be a tough to jump up five spots unless some crazy things happen this week. But, I mean, they're, obviously Oregon's going to be out of there. Yeah. Uh, Penn State will be out of there, so that's two. Um, Georgia I, will be out of there in two weeks. Georgia yeah, in two weeks, yes. Yeah, so they might be sitting there at a five, at a five or six when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you know, they that one loss really is going to come back. I think it's going to hurt them. Yeah, and that's and that's so unfortunate. You know how that how that loss early or not even early, but that loss is going to really yeah damage their season I, to a mediocre Iowa State too, mm-hmm. who's five and four. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously it came down to a last-second field goal, but you know, you got it's only the best you know, the top four teams, and right. you know o- Oklahoma's really not there. I don't think. Right. No, you know, they, they, they lost Baylor. To, they lost to uh, Kansas State. They beat Iowa State forty-two to forty-one. Oh, that's right. That's um, right. But they they lost that's to Kansas right. State by a touchdown. That was, I, I, that was, a I was thinking upset. the last-second field goal, Iowa State and Texas. That yeah, was, yeah, I, yeah. That crossed my mind. Yeah, but then Baylor. I mean, they had they had. A great opportunity to beat Oklahoma too. They didn't get away. They lost by three there mm-hmm. uh, a couple weeks ago. But I think Jalen Hurts fits in really well in that system out there with uh, with the whole staff and kind of what they're running because it's you know, he had he's had the with Lincoln Riley. You know, he has the ability. He was able to show it at Alabama, but this kind of spoiled with riches down there. He says, "All right, it's time for me to go somewhere where I can start." He's made most of his opportunities. Absolutely, and he's done really. And like he's like we mentioned about. Um, uh, the guy for uh, I'm just blanking now. Um, Baylor, you know, we just talked about him being a very smart player. Um, Jalen Hurts is Corey Brewer. Yeah, thank you. Um, Jalen Hurts is super smart and does what he needs to do to protect the ball as best he can. I mean, sure, you know, he had a pick in this game. Whatever, he's got 30 touchdowns to six interceptions on the season. He is the fourth best QBR at 92.1 on the year. Mm-hmm. Like. And you know, thrown for thirty-two hundred yards. That's that's a smart player. Like you don't just see that happen every single day by anybody. No, not at all. And you know, he's done a good job too of protecting the ball mm-hmm. uh, this year. He's you know, he he because he's comes he he's good with with what programs he's been a part of. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's right now he's thrown for three thousand one hundred eighty-four yards, thirty touchdowns, and six picks. Uh, like I said, the QBR of ninety-two point one. Uh, 
We'll see. I mean, he's he's good wherever he goes, and he's proven that over the past couple of years. He's still gonna he's definitely gonna be a first round pick. Mm-hmm. You know, at this point, who knows who's going to take him because everything is kind of out of whack with with Tua going down. That kind of just throws things, you know, kind of teams' plans out the door. But that, that's a conversation for later on and closer to draft season. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's averaging, you know, fairly high numbers. I mean, this I think this week against TCU had to be his lowest uh, passing yardage game at, at one forty five. Yeah, it was it was anemic compared to what other numbers he's been putting up on the year. Um, but they got the job done, and uh, at the end of the day, I guess a win is a win. Exactly. That's all <laughs> that people really look at anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Wisconsin, you know, we'll go over the rest of these really quick. Wisconsin, you know, took care of Purdue. It was scary That's, for a while. That started off, Wisconsin started off extremely slow. Yeah, they looked really bad right yeah, away. Purdue was leading that at one point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, yeah, you know, the Wisconsin second half, they kind of pulled it out, yeah. Yeah, the uh, second half, they just shut them down and said, hey, let's, you know, Jonathan Taylor had um, another 200 yards again, 228. Like, Yeah, he uh, he became the all-time great. leading rusher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had 222 yards. His longest was 51. Only one touchdown, though. It's kind of kind of strange. 28, 28 carries, 222, average 7.9. Yeah, and only one tutter. Uh, but Cone threw for th- threw for two, and the uh, defense had two touchdowns as well. Yeah, the defense looked really good, especially yeah, in the second half. So yeah. uh, Michigan uh, took care of Indiana. Uh, was up 39 to 14. That game was tied, I think, at 14 at halftime. Uh, it yeah, was. Michigan was up twenty one seven at halftime, um, or twenty one fourteen at halftime. Twenty fourteen, yeah. And then, uh, I mean, but Shea Patterson looked good; had five scores. Um, he uh, is the first Michigan quarterback to have back to back weeks of four or more passing touchdowns in regulation. Mm-hmm. Like, so he, he's starting to click at the right time. Um, Auburn took care of Samford; no surprise there. Fifty two right. nothing, shut him out. Um, so the game that was kind of fun to watch, I saw highlights of was Navy beating SMU thirty five twenty eight. That was wild. Navy's sitting there; they kind of bounce around in and out of the rankings. There, SMU's sitting there at nine and two. Mm-hmm. Navy nine or eight and two now. Uh, yeah, that was actually kind of fun game to watch. I was able to catch some highlights there of that one. And you know, I mean, obviously LSU just kind of blew out Arkansas. There. There's not a whole lot going on. Right. But Cincinnati squeaked by Temple there, fifteen to thirteen. Let's talk about a real. Boring game. Yeah, I mean, it was zero zero, <laughs> zero zero after the first, and then uh, two field goals for Cincinnati at halftime, so it was six to zero. Then Cincinnati goes up thirteen zero, and then gets a safety in the fourth, and Temple scores thirteen in the fourth uh, to make it that fifteen to thirteen. But yeah, I mean, Cincinnati's Riddler quarterback nine of twenty five, sixty two yards, one pick. Mm. That hurts, and their leading receiver only had 19 yards. Yeah, that's uh, it's not what you want. That's no. I mean, that's that's gross. You know, Temple hasn't. They've showed quote unquote flashes of brilliance, if you will. Mm-hmm. They've not been this amazing team, but they are sitting at seven and four. Sure, and they have um, Rod Rod Carey at the helm now. Who's exactly, gr- do great at Northern Illinois, mm-hmm. and their punter actually went to my high school. Fun fact. Oh, well, fact of the day. <laughs> right, a couple years younger than me. Um. So yeah, I mean, I think I. Again, I just feel like this last week was a lot of teams kind of looking ahead, Cincinnati being one of them, mm-hmm. um, you know, because they've got a big game against Memphis this week, which is going to be really interesting because they're going to play Memphis again next week in the American Athletic yeah. Conference Championship. So back-to-back yeah. weeks, 
Um, I'm really excited ne- to see how that breaks down over that's, the next two weeks. That's Friday night on ABC, and Memphis is favored uh, by 11. I think it's because it's at Memphis. Mm, okay. So, but yeah, Mem- or excuse me, Cincinnati is sitting there at 19, Memphis is sitting there at 18. Now, where is that American Conference championship game at? That, uh, we can take a look really quick, and I will let you know. Um, week 15, nope, that would be week uh, 14. All right, so, nope, that would be week 15. Oh, they don't have, they don't have they're, those. Okay. They don't have it yet, yeah. Let me see. AAC Championship Game 2019. Um, it's either going to be held at Nippert Stadium in Cincinnati okay. or Liberty Bowl Stadium in Memphis. Oh, so, okay. Uh, it looks like whoever it gets bounced around. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. It's going to be televised by ABC. Yeah. Huh. Um. Oh, so actually Navy could still technically win that division. So Memphis actually needs to win tomorrow or uh, this week Looks in order okay. to take the division. Okay, that makes sense here. Yeah, I just pulled up the standings as well. Hmm. So if Navy wins out, Navy could win the division because mm-hmm. um, they uh, – no, Memphis – if Memphis wins, uh, it's theirs, even if Navy wins out because they hold the tiebreaker. Okay, I see how that breaks down. That makes sense. And okay, yeah. That conference is such, and I know we talked about this last week. Um, I was actually playing NCAA fourteen the other day, mm. um, and they have this, the AAC in there and all that, and they get auto bowl tie-ins to like the old BCS bowls. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was really interesting because you know you can set who gets what tie-ins and whatnot. Right. Um, so I grabbed Louisville and Cincinnati and put them in the MAC to play with Toledo, and then I keep scheduling Alabama every year in the Glass Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it's super interesting how that breaks down because the AAC was the old Big East, if I remember correctly. Right. Yep. Um, and they were a one of the power premier conferences. They had Miami um, before they split off and went to the ACC. Um, yeah, I mean, they were just one of those old conferences who just looked consistently good, and then now we're seeing teams like East Carolina and uh, UConn. Not, you know, nothing against those schools and those football programs, but nothing like what you would uh, mm-hmm. expect. And, I mean, in the past few years, too, Houston has been something to, or a team to mess with, and they're sitting there at 4-7 and seven right now, 2-5 yeah. and five in the conference. And, you know, and then... They they let go uh, Major Applewhite last year, uh, who took over for Tom Herman when he left for Texas, and they've kind of slid through the cracks. Right, they play Navy uh, this week at yeah. Houston. That'll be an interesting game. That'll yeah, because that's, pri- that's prime time on ESPN on too. Also, okay, okay. And Navy and it's kind of interesting here too because Navy's sitting there at eight and two. Houston's four and seven, and Navy's only favored by nine. That'll have to. I'm sure that'll change by. I'm sure that will change. Yeah. Plenty over the next two yeah. weeks, or over the next week. Next week, yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. I think that kind of wraps up for some of the big games. Yeah. Uh, some of the scores. Uh. Oh, oh, one team I want to talk about real quick is Utah. Utah. Okay. Yes, Utah. Let's yeah, talk they, about Utah. Yeah, they beat Arizona 35-7, and Utah is a team that, if anybody from the outside looking in is going to sneak in, it's going to be Utah. Mm-hmm. 
And I think they could absolutely do it. I mean, they've get, they're right on the door. You know, Oregon getting knocked out that moves Utah up to at least six. Um, you know, I don't think they'll leapfrog Alabama this week. Um, but I think now what we're what we're going to see is Alabama or the college football playoff committee is in a weird predicament. Um, let's say Utah wins out and wins the Pac-12. Do you put a 12 and one conference champion named Utah in over a second best in the SEC West, Alabama? Uh, I think so. I think so too. But yeah, I think I the, think the so. committee has that question because they then set a really bad precedent. Not only did you put a non-conference champion in like they've done before, which is fine, mm-hmm. but you now put the second best team in a division in. Right. And you look at it, too, the committee's really never had a set precedent of how they do things. Mm-hmm. It's changed every year. And, you know, maybe this is one year they can get it right. Because when you look at Utah, again, they're that, that, that team who always plays the 9.30, 10 o'clock game every Saturday. Nobody, watch, nobody pays attention because, you know, they're in bed. But Utah plays really good defense. Yeah, and they've Utah got a quarter, super they, They've got a quarterback who can throw the ball. I mean, I'm looking at their numbers right here. He threw to at least 15 different guys. And uh, they protect the ball very well. Their running back, Moss, had 26 carries for 203 yards uh, mm-hmm. and one touchdown. Huntley, their quarterback, he had 19, he threw 19, excuse me, threw it 23 times, completed 19 for 211, uh, with average 9.2 with one touchdown and one pick and a QBR of 87-1. And then he had Shelley come in for one play. He was one for one, nine yards and so forth. But, I mean, they had 297 yards rushing. They, lo- they moved the ball very well. Yeah, they were And that's kind of a team efficient. that doesn't get a whole lot of credit. And Arizona's not much to talk about sitting there at 4-6. and six. Kevin Sumlin's probably on his way out there as well. Right. Uh, but, yeah, Utah is a team that definitely can make, a, make some noise here in the next week or so. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm, you know, I was looking at some more of those numbers. Zach Moss, absolutely crushing it. You know, 203 rushing yards. Like, that's... That's nothing to sneeze at. Anytime you break really 175 anymore, like you're turning in a pretty good game. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So it's gonna be really interesting to see what what happens here going forward. I mean, there's a, still we only have one week, well two weeks really in the regular season uh, with Army Navy playing the week after everybody else does. Mm-hmm. But Utah's gonna make some noise, and it's be interesting to see what they do. I uh, personally, I would love to see Utah make it just because they're a former mid-major school. Um, you know, they went, they were in the mountain West for the longest. And, uh, so I would love to see them break that proverbial glass ceiling, if you will. Um, they, you know, they broke into a power five conference and then win it and then make the playoffs. It's a cool story. I, uh, absolutely. I think if it was going to do, it's going to be them. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. All right. So I think, uh, now we can move into this next segment, the segment I've been excited about. Uh, games of the week. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of them because it's uh, as we love to call it, rivalry week. That and there's a lot at stake this week. There is a lot on the line. Um, there's a there's a couple teams who can entirely miss conference championships mm-hmm. based off of what somebody else does. Not even right. off of what they do, what somebody else does. And I think right. it's really really cool. So uh, I'm looking at the lineup here for Friday. I. Iowa goes to Nebraska. Nebraska's mm-hmm. trying to fight for bowl eligibility. They're sitting there at five and six. Iowa eight and eight and three. 
Uh, that'll be an interesting one. It's on BTN at 2.30 on a Friday. Mm-hmm. Perfect, because I have nothing to do Friday. So hey, awesome. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we mentioned we talked about Cincinnati Memphis. Boise State travels to Colorado State. Boise State. Again, Boise State's uh, ranked number t- ranked 20, uh, sitting there at 10-1, and one, uh, not getting a whole lot of credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Appalachian State, they travel to Troy. App State's sitting there at ranked 24, uh, sitting there at 10-1. And Saturday we get into the meat of everything. Yeah, let's let uh, I know we'll talk about that one last because I know which one you're looking at. We'll uh, let's go hear some of these other games here. <laughs> Rutgers, Rutgers Rutgers goes to Penn State. Rutgers is sitting there at two and nine. Mm-hmm. Penn State's nine and two. That's a BTN game on Saturday. Uh, Baylor goes to Kansas. Baylor's sitting there at ten to one. As we mentioned Kansas yep. three and eight. Oregon Oregon State. Yeah, that'll be a great one. The the what's that one called? The uh, that is the Civil War. Civil War. That's right. The Civil War. Uh, Oregon State there again trying to fight for eligibility sitting there at five and six Oregon nine and two mm-hmm. Notre Dame Stanford uh, that's a Fox game that's interesting uh, yeah I was surprised to see that's that. really interesting actually yeah Notre Dame Notre Dame sitting there at sixteen at nine and two uh, Stanford four and seven so they're not bull, they're not going to make a bowl game this year uh, Tulane travels to SMU uh, Tulane is bowl eligible they're at six and five SMU they're at nine and two ranked twenty fifth A and M Texas A and M goes to LSU. That's a prime time Saturday night. Uh, LSU is favored by six, 16 and a half there. That's a trap game. If uh, I if, think so, if you're LSU, because um, like we mentioned, Texas A&M isn't bad. They've already played two number one teams in the country. Right. They just played. Um, that was Georgia close. And uh, I, if I'm LSU, you take this game and you treat it like it's the SEC championship. Sure. Absolutely. Then we go down here to Can- Iowa State. They travel to Kansas State. Both teams right there are seven and four. Mm-hmm. Colorado goes to uh, Utah. As we mentioned, Utah's ten and one. Colorado sitting there five and six. They're trying to get both eligible as well. Look at that line for Utah: twenty-eight point five. Twenty-five. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, well, you go back down here to Florida State. Travels to Florida. Florida State's sitting there six and five, and uh, Florida nine and two. It's the line's seventeen points right there. Mm-hmm. And we go to another Red River. Uh, Oklahoma, or excuse me, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. Is that still played at the Cotton Bowl? Um, no. It looks like that's bounced back and forth because Oklahoma State's in Stillwater, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess. I guess. I guess it's Oklahoma, Texas at the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. But yeah, Oklahoma State uh, travels to or Oklahoma travels to Oklahoma State. Oklahoma sitting there at nine or ten and one. Oklahoma State there nine and. And yeah, that's going to be a fun game to watch three, yeah. if, if you like if you like some good football. Um, if you like watching their, no no defense, yeah, I mean because both their defense are giving you know they're giving up less than a point difference to mm. opposing offenses yardage wise. Oklahoma is uh, gaining about a hundred yards more, um, but it's it's really interesting to watch and see just how this team is going to play. Um, sure, Oklahoma, you know they're going to play for the conference championship, but. You don't help the conference, or I, I guess you do help the conference a little bit if you all start beating each other up. It's like, sure. look at how strong we are. We've got a bunch of ranked teams, and they all have to play each other. That's like Big Ten basketball. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Big Ten's always ranked in basketball, always highly ranked, and it's I mean sure. for good reason. Absolutely. You're going back up the list here, a game that has a lot of implications. Uh, Wisconsin travels to Minnesota. First time ever college game day is going to be in Minnesota. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin sitting there at nine and two, Minnesota ten and one, and Wisconsin's favored by two and a half. That's yeah. That's a that's, that's an interesting line because it being a home game for Minnesota, you usually give them three, but Wisconsin comes in two and a half point favorites. 
I just uh, think that Wisconsin defense is so strong. Yeah, they got blasted by Ohio State, but that Wisconsin defense is nasty. Um, yeah, and it's yeah. just gonna it's gonna come down to PJ Fleck and his game plan. It's not mm-hmm. gonna come down to anything else. It's gonna come no. down to what PJ Fleck draws up and says, guys, sure. this is what we have to focus on. Sure. Then we got Georgia going to two Georgia Tech. That's really you know ten and one versus an eight or three and eight. Mm-hmm. You know, not too a whole lot going on there. Uh, go up the board here. Clemson goes to South Carolina. Again, South Carolina, they beat Georgia earlier this year, so who knows? Clemson kind of, you know, talk about a trap game. Clemson better be careful. It's at South Carolina, and, you know, they've, they've upset somebody earlier this year, and they can do it again. Yeah, it's uh, it's really, really interesting. Um, South Carolina is one of those sneaky teams. I mean, you, you look at their scores on the year. Um, they lost to UNC by four. Um, they <laughs> lost to Alabama by a large margin. Everybody does. Um, you know, they lost Appalachian State by four. Who's ranked? So, like, they're clearly not terrible. No. But, like, some of their wins have been, you know, they beat Georgia earlier this year. That was the big win of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it'll be yeah, really they, interesting to they see. They do come they into do. this game to 27 and a half point favorites. And yeah. we go back to Georgia, Georgia Tech, UGA is up there at 28 and a half points. And then, heck, we mentioned two Rutgers, Penn State, Penn State's 40. So really, that's a that's a big, big margin there. <laughs> there a couple of big margins there. Uh, get the Iron Bowl here. Alabama travels to Auburn. I think Auburn can get this one done. Uh, Alabama only comes in as three and a half point favorites. And I'm really excited to see this one roll out. You know, they got Mac Jones under center for Alabama now. Um, sure, he had a you know he had a solid week last week against mm-hmm. Western Carolina University. And he's going into his first full tr- or second true week of practice. Right. With so this will be. This will be a big test for him. They're go- You said it's at Auburn, right? Yeah. Yes. So this, I mean, hostile environment. You know, these people are hungry for a win over Alabama. Uh, one, it takes them completely out of the playoff discussion. That there, there's no way a two-loss Alabama makes it in. Um, but two, that, that's the opportunity for Utah to sneak in. Uh huh. That's the opportunity for Utah. So if you're if you're a Utes fan, you are pulling for Auburn this weekend. You are begging them to beat Alabama. Only need to beat them by one. You don't mm-hmm. need to beat them by, you know, 30, 50. You need to beat them by one. Sure. And if you're Utah, you are cheering for that result. Like, please. Absolutely. And Auburn's got a premium you know, for a freshman quarterback in Bo Nix. Mm-hmm. He's looked pretty good this year, I would think. And, yeah. you know, Auburn, or excuse me, Alabama's still 65.7 in the, in the matchmaker predictor. They're still favored to win by 67 or 65%, really. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, Bo Nix on the year, he's uh, thrown for just under 2,200 yards. And uh, Whitlow, the running back, is just under 700 yards rushing. Yeah, they so look this, really strong in general. Yeah, and uh, this game being at Auburn helps tremendously. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, they're, they've lost to the number 10 team, the number 2 team, and the number 4 team on the season. Mm-hmm. Um, all by a combined score of 21. Mm. That's, you know... LSU was their closest loss. They lost by a field mm-hmm. goal there. Yeah. Um, and at the beginning of the year, they beat Oregon by six. Yeah, like, this is a really good football team, and things are clicking for them, but I really think that if you're if you're betting out there, I, I say you take Auburn. I really do. Yeah. I think I think it's not a bad take, really. I mean, it's going to be really, like we mentioned, it's at Auburn. I think that's a huge difference when it comes to down to it. Uh, so the game, everybody loves me. I live for this day. Uh the Buckeyes travel up to Ann Arbor Saturday. Mm-hmm. Buckeyes go there up uh, only eight-point favorites. 
Yeah. Uh, against a nine and two uh, Wolverine squad. Ah. I mean, you really throw records out. You throw rankings out. You know, it's kind of one of those games where none you know, of it matters. None of it really matters. Now, uh, Justin Fields comes into this game with uh, 175 and 250, 252 uh, for 2,352 yards, 33 touchdowns, one interception. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shea Patterson, 179 of 301 for uh, 2,523 yep. uh, yards, 21 touchdowns, and five picks. The the difference, though, is the rushing game here. Uh, yeah. J.K. Dobbins, 219 carries in the year, uh, 1,446 yards. And Charbonnet. Zach Charbonnet. Zach Charbonnet, yeah, 123 yards for six, 635, 11 touchdowns. Dobbins has 15. And receiving-wise, the leading receiver is Nico Collins and Chris Olave, pretty similar in numbers-wise. Olave was 637 and Collins was 649. Mm-hmm. Olave, Olave edges him out there in touchdowns. That was 10 to 7. So... Um, you know, you dive a little bit further into like mm-hmm. their full schedules. You know, um, Michigan's big turnaround point, um, and everybody's been talking about it was second half. Second half of Penn State, exactly. Yeah. That's I mean, that's been the big talking point. Sure, you look at who they've played. You know, they Notre Dame. Obviously, that was a huge win. Um, mm-hmm. That you can't you can't overlook that. Um, but then they played Maryland. They followed that up with Michigan State, a rivalry game. Which again, mm-hmm. you have to throw the records out, whatever. But um, and then with Indiana, which was a potential which, trap game. It, yeah, you th- in, I said that earlier this year too. IU they always play like Ohio State tough, but they didn't this year. Right, and they had the they had the potential to you know play go the wire to wire with Michigan, and they didn't. Yeah, and they kind of blew it out there. But pulling up team stats here, uh, points per game, Ohio State's just under fifty. Uh, Michigan's at thirty three five points allowed. Buckeyes are uh, ten and a half. Michigan's at sixteen point two. Totally yards five or five thirty to four oh two, um, so really, you know, the only thing, Michigan, you know, they give up two hundred sixty one yards passing, uh, and a and hundred and five hundred five yards rushing, yeah, and you know, the Buckeyes don't give they don't give up hundred yards rushing. They haven't. I don't think they have all year long. No, um, I don't think so. I think they shut down Jonathan Taylor pretty good. Yeah, he he didn't have. I don't think he had sixty yards. To be honest with you. Yeah, I think he was. I think he was held at like fifty-eight yards or something. Stupid. Something like that. Yeah. So really, I mean, you know, it's it's the game. I it's what I live for. It's the weekend I live for. I told my fiance, I go this weekend determines my happiness for the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, and, and we get, and we get married this year. So and that's and it, everybody wants to talk about. This game means so much. That game means so much. You know, one of our one of our college football writers wrote a great article on the Ar- Army Navy game uh, last mm-hmm. week, um, talking about the history in there. And you know, I, I really appreciate and I respect that game. It's a beautiful rivalry game. But I'm sorry, I don't care where you are in the Midwest, in the Southwest, the the West, the East. I don't care. This is the game. People all over the country to turn on. You know, I, I'll watch the Iron Bowl because it'll be on. It'll be on after this game. But I don't go out of my way to watch it. Like, it'll just be on. Right. It'll be a game that's on the background. And, you know, I was at the game. I've been to the game twice. It was 07. We were one. They were two. Mm-hmm. I was at that one. And then I was there in, gosh, was that 14? Yeah, I think it was 2014. I went up, went up to Ann Arbor for that one as well. That's when we uh, – um, Tyvis Powell intercepted it in the end zone of the two-point conversion. Yep. 
from uh, Denard Robinson. Uh, no, that uh, was, was uh, that? Devin or uh, not Devin Gardner. Devin Gardner, that's right. Um, Denard and, Robinson had graduated the year before. Before, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's so always at that one, and uh, it's it's an experience to say the least. It is. I was at the 2011 game. Um, mm-hmm. Ohio State was uh, finished that year six and six. Yeah, so when Fickle was the head coach. Yep, when Fickle was filling in, and uh, and everybody wants to say, oh, well, that's because they had an interim. It doesn't matter. Like that, that never matters because it's because yeah, we and we lost to Purdue that year also. Because that rivalry game is so important to it. I don't care if you have zero wins on the year. If you beat your chief rival, your season is saved. C- coaches lose their jobs over this game. Now, mm-hmm. I don't think Harbaugh will lose his job should Michigan lose this game. Um, I think that he's got a like he's made a really significant turnaround on this season so people are like all right we'll uh we'll give you a little bit of pass you beat michigan state you beat notre dame but so much rides on this um michigan would love to play spoiler to ohio state making the playoffs um i would i i know that they would love to see that you know you're the 13 team in the country and you knock off number two you know, Ohio State doesn't get in. Like, doesn't matter if they. But see, even if we, for some reason, say that does happen, mm-hmm. I think we still get into the playoffs with the Big Ten championship. So, assuming you guys would follow it up, follow it up with beating Minnesota, then. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't know, man. Because th- that's uh... gonna be that. That's gonna be that area where, depending too on what happens, and expecting Georgia loses to LSU. Mm-hmm. We would get in before a one loss Big Ten championship would get in before a one loss Utah. Mm. If that makes sense. Ooh, I don't know. D- because you got to look at how recent that loss is. Right. But the, what they're going to do, though, they do this every year. Which team draws more money? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's which team about travels better? Which team travels better? Utah doesn't travel like Ohio State does. No, they don't. So that's one thing they will look at because they always do. So, um, all bias aside, um, which I know is hard for us right now as, a, as you're the Ohio State guy and I'm the Michigan guy, um, give me one positive thing that you've liked from Michigan uh, in the last couple of weeks, and I will return the same for Ohio State. Um, I think Shea Patterson, Patterson's kind of, finally kind of, you know, found his groove. He started off the year extremely slow. Uh, and there were so many high hopes for him last year. He, I don't think he really uh, obtained those accolades like they thought he would. Um, but this year, as of late, of course, that second half of the Penn State game, he's kind of found his niche, and the offense has kind of clicked. All right. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely agree with that. He's looked really solid, especially the last two weeks, uh, winning two Big Ten Player of the Week um, awards in back-to-back weeks. I have never seen a more dynamic runner in college football this year than I have in J.K. Dobbins. Um, he's really, really good, um, in the backfield. Um, I really like his ability to catch on the run. Um, and he doesn't go down. And for me, that's so critical. If you're a running back, um, you know, his catches, you know, his, he doesn't get many targets, but like even, you know, in the last month and a half, he's had eight, eight catches and he's had, you know, over a hundred yards on mm-hmm. those catches and one touchdown like that's not bad and no, i really admire he's that. a guy who's hard to bring down he uh he did an interview with kurt herbstrick the other day and he dropped a ton of body fat built a bunch more muscle and he's uh he's squatting like 600 some pounds so he's got he's got legs and yeah. uh it's hard to tackle he's kind of like a saquon barkley body type 
Yeah, very low center of gravity. Just mm-hmm. I'm just going to run right through you. So I really admire J.K. Dobbins, you know, c- checking in at 5'10", 217. Um, he runs hard and he runs smart. And that's I, I think that's more what impresses me is that he can run really hard, but he also he's smart with it. He doesn't try to create a lane if he doesn't have to. You know, he's just he tends to just run over people. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what he does. I mean, yeah. and he takes good care of the football. Minus he had a fumble this past week, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, he's 15 touchdowns, 219 attempts, 19 or uh, 15 touchdowns on the year, right? And uh, you know, he's he's not too he's not not bad. He's running over people. He's like I said, he's hanging out of the football, and he creates lanes. You know, if they're out there, he creates one. Yeah, well, and that's what I was saying. You know, if there's a lane, he takes it, but he won't force it if he doesn't have to. It's like, all right, nothing's opening up. Now I go. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just going to take it and say, screw it, and see what happens. But he's really good at running over defenders. Um, yeah. All right, score prediction, and then we'll move on to our next segment. Um, I say I'm going to stick with my fandom here. I think Michigan can pull the upset the way they did back in 1969. Mm. But I think it's going to come down to a field goal. I think Michigan wins it. It's going to be a lower scoring game. I think Michigan wins it 27-24. 27-24, okay. Um, mine's not going to be that close. The simple fact that Michigan hasn't seen an offense like this, I think, all year long. Sure. And Chase Young, he's hungry, as we saw this past week. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> just, a, just, a, just a little angry. Uh, and defensively, Michigan hasn't seen a defense like this, I don't think, either this year. No. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to go through else who else in the Big Ten was a good defense. Obviously, Wisconsin did, and, and they won that game. Mm. Uh, Notre Dame, eh, who knows? They're kind of suspect when it comes to uh, Yeah, they really are. To that. Um, Michigan I'm gonna State, go, you could kind of point to having a decent defense, but even then... D- and they, I mean, they were even down their number one defensive player too. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Let's see here. I think the closest comparisons in terms of games would be you point to Michigan State, Penn State, and Indiana. Yeah. Those are the three kind of yeah. key comparison games. Yeah. Because Maryland, All Rutgers, right. those don't count. Like, yeah, you, no. you, you have to throw them out. Yeah. I think my score, I'm going to go 31-14 Buckeyes. Okay. Cool. So we will lock those scores in uh, yep. for everybody tuning in at home. Um, we, uh, I do have a mailbag for us um, okay. from Austin from Twitter. Uh, he asked, what, is our, what are our top three rivalries? Um, okay. Well, Austin, we're both an Ohio State and Michigan fan, so uh, you can just write in number one, the game. <laughs> um, for me, I don't know if he's asking like personal or which ones we think are, have the most pageantry. I go personal. So yeah, I'm gonna go personal. I go personal because I think ours will be different. Yeah, that that's fair. I um, I really like the battle of I-75. Didn't like the mm-hmm. result this year, um, obviously, but for me that's a really big one. Um, and I'm gonna have to say I really like watching the Red River Shootout. That's sure. a fun rivalry game. Um, the fans get excited. Um, burn orange, you know, taking on some some good old crimson it's a it's a thing of beauty and it's really fun to see especially when both teams are highly ranked and their hearts are in it sure 
So what do you? What about you? Obviously the game. Oh yeah, the game is number one for me. Uh, one rivalry game I have come to a custom over the past year, two years or so, is uh, Montana Montana State. Just because I have ties with both of those schools. Okay. Uh, that game actually was this past weekend as well. Montana State won that forty-eight fourteen, but both teams are nine and three. Oh wow! And they'll both be going to the FCS playoffs. Very nice. Uh, but yeah, I mean those schools are only two hours away, so their fan bases are fairly very close. And very so, familiar. Uh, those are, yeah, very familiar. So that's kind of a fun one to pay attention to. But I never knew about it until, you know, like I said, two years ago. Right. Um, but you said the Battle of I-75, that's a great one. Uh, you know, being a Ball State guy at Northern Illinois is kind of our big game. That yep. was always fun to pay attention to. Uh, man, it's so tough because I mean, there's so many great ones. Um, what was the one? Oh, I. Uh, it's not, I'm not going to put this on the list, but it was UCF and UConn. They okay. played for some dumb trophy, too. Yeah. Oh, uh, let me look that up real quick. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it was like the coach. Well, I think it was like when Scott Frost was there, he said screw it and just left the sta- left the trophy at the stadium. He didn't care that much. But it was so, civil war. Civil conflict. I think it was a civil conflict. Uh, yeah, yeah that's a, what a, that's a, called, the civil conflict. Yeah, it was – it was a trophy that made absolutely no sense because it's UConn in Florida mm-hmm. or in South or Central Florida, so it has no bearing on anything really. Yeah. Um, the first meeting were... was in 2013. Yeah. Okay, that's what <laughs> I thought. Yeah. So I think that was the thing of Scott Frost was like, okay, we're not going to really care too much about this one. Um, man, this is so tough because there's so many Army Navy you can throw in there too because that's right. a great one. Yeah, phenomenal game. That's one everybody kind of stops and, and, and watches when it's on because it's always, you know, there's no college football on that day. Right. Uh, I think is it in Philadelphia this year? Um, I believe it is, actually. Um, I can take a quick peek, but I do believe yeah, that pretty it is sure in it is. Philly. Because um, that would be a Week 15 game. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that would be a Week 16 game, actually, technically. Because it takes place after the conference championships, for whatever reason. Yeah, I guess it does, doesn't it? Um, I will go. Which I, I am going to the Big Ten championship. I'm very excited about that. Very nice. It's just down the road for me in Indianapolis. That'll be a good time. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I bought my tickets before we beat Penn State because I knew if we had won that, uh, tickets were going to shoot up. So got that stuff taken care of. Thank God. That game is at Lincoln Financial Field. Okay, so in Philly. Yep. Okay. I guess my other one, man, I think uh, I think Florida-Florida Florida State. Because I think that's, you know. That's a really, really good rivalry. Yeah, because I think it's all, I mean, all those guys know each other. They all come from the same recruiting areas in Florida. And so it's kind of, you know, that's it, huge for both schools because it's recruiting. You know, it's yeah. state pride. It's recruiting. It's all that stuff. So I think I'm going to go Florida-Florida State. All right. I like it. And, and – and you know, going back ten years ago, when Winston was there, and uh, you know Tebow before him in Florida, and those guys battled. Yeah, it was never ne- one of those games that you came out and you're like, "Oh, we know who's going to win." Like it was always a coin toss. Sure. And now, and now Florida State can't find a head coach. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you can't win them all, right? No. <laughs> um. All right. Let's uh, move into this next segment. Uh, this will be the last segment of the night. Um, our group of five check-in. Um, the mm-hmm. conferences nobody gives love to. 
Um, we already kind of touched on the WAC and the AAC a little bit. So let's, or uh, not the WAC, um, the Mountain West and the AAC. So mm-hmm. let's touch on the MAC, the WAC, and the Sun Belt. Yeah, MAC Conference. We kind of touched on it a little bit last week. Akron came so close to beating uh, Miami of Ohio there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Ball State, they gave up one to uh, Kent State, 30, or 41-38. Mm-hmm. Kind of just Ball State led that entire game into the fourth quarter. So Toledo. Yeah laid an egg in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just uh, Buffalo really ran away with that. It looked close for a little while, but uh, Toledo just couldn't keep up. And no. that's frustrating. 49 to 30 was the final. Um, and as a Toledo fan, we've been, I don't want to say we've been disgusted with the season, but we considered the season a lost season after we lost to Bowling Green. Um, <laughs> week two. Yeah. Like, why isn't, why isn't that game the last game of the year rivalry it week? It used to be. It used I to be. I thought so. Um, on Friday, uh, so yeah. it was on Black Friday. Um, yeah, but it was about money. I remember. I remember that it was about money and uh, uh, TV and, time. Yep, and the Mac yeah. was like, "Well, if we move it earlier, we can get more people to watch it because during Rivalry Week, everybody else is watching these other great rivalry games." So they're yeah. like, especially where, especially where being those two schools are right in the middle of Columbus and and, and Ann Arbor. Exactly. Like they yeah. don't they don't get any love on that no. weekend, which is unfortunate. Right. Looking here to this week, tomorrow, Maction, uh, Ohio goes to Akron. Ohio sitting there at five and six, trying to get. Um, they'll get bowl eligible tomorrow. Mm-hmm. With Akron being zero uh, and eleven, Ohio is favored by twenty-seven and a half. Wouldn't that be incredible but, if Akron just pulled that upset, though? Right. That would be. <laughs> I mean, Frank Solis just got his what two hundredth win. Yeah. Or something like that last week. Hundred and eleventh in the MAC, which is the most of any MAC coach. Okay. okay, that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, then Western Michigan, they travel to Northern Illinois. Western sitting there seven and four. Illinois, Northern Illinois having a down year at four and seven. Miami of Ohio travels to Muncie. I kind of thought about going to that game. I still might. Mm-hmm. Uh, being on that's down the road for me. Uh, BG travels to Buffalo. BG three and eight. Buffalo six and five. Kent State sitting there at five and six. They travel to Eastern, uh, who is six and five. And then Toledo travels to Central. Toledo sitting there at six and five, and Central at seven and four. And I don't see Toledo winning that game. No, Central's there. Central is favored there by nine and a half. Mm-hmm. Toledo has been awful on the road. Toledo's won one road game this year. That's tough. Um, and you, you can't compete in college football if if you can't win on the road. I don't mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. You you need to be able to win on the road. Um, there's. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say the circles are already starting to say, oh, you know, Jason Candle better start looking for another job. Um, I don't think it's gotten that far yet, but if Toledo produces another season like this one, I think he's uh, he's a little bit on the hot seat. He just signed sure. a big extension after winning the MAC championship two years ago, too. Right. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough. It is. Moving over here to the Sun Belt Conference, uh, we talked about Appalachian State and Troy, Arkansas State, seven to four. They traveled to South Alabama, who's one and ten. Mm-hmm. Um, Texas Texas State, they're three and eight. They traveled to Coastal Carolina, they're four and seven. Uh, Georgia State. They are seven and four. They travel to Georgia Southern, mm-hmm. uh, who's six and five. Then Lafayette Mon- or Louisiana Lafayette Monroe. Uh, they're five and six. They travel to Louisiana Raging Cajuns, who are nine and two. And that's kind of an interesting little uh, rivalry game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh, both are still uh, no. I want both are not still in contention for the West. Um, but if UL Monroe can upset them, Arkansas State goes to the Sun Belt Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, which would be, you know, which would be heartbreaking for Louisiana, of course. But that's uh, that's what those rivalry games do. They uh, sure. they break your heart. Sure. Over here, we transfer over to the Mountain West. Uh, we talked about Boise State. They go to Colorado State on Friday. 
Then Saturday, this would be kind of a good one here. I think Wyoming goes to Air Force. Wyoming sitting there at seven and four. Mm. Air Force nine and two. Air Force is favored by ten even there. UNLV they travel to Nevada. That's an in-state rivalry. UNLV is three and eight. Uh, Nevada sitting there at seven and four. Utah State travels to New Mexico. Uh, Utah State they're sitting at six and five. Uh, New Mexico sitting there at two and nine. BYU, who's always one of those teams, they're kind of up and down. They'll win a big, you know, they'll beat a top-ranked team and then lose to some nobody. Yep, they do that every year. Uh, they're sitting there. This will be a good one here too. They're sitting there seven and four. San Diego, they travel to San Diego State, who's eight and three. Uh, BYU is the favorite there by three points, which is kind of interesting. Uh, uh, Fresno State travels to San Jose State. Those teams are both seven or six and four. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, four and seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too many numbers here going on here. <laughs> Army, they're trying to get. They're trying to get bull eligible here. They started off the year very strong. Yeah, they did. And uh, they're kind of slipped here as of late. They travel to Hawaii. What a trip that is. That's going to be fun. From from, our, from West Point, New York, all the way to Hawaii. That's going to be miserable. It's going to be it's going to uh, be miserable for them, but it's going to be so fun for the fans. Uh, right. The ones making the trip representing Army, obviously, but then the Hawaii fans as well. Because Hawaii sure. came out uh, east last year to take on Army. Yep. Um, yep. So I think if you're Hawaii, you love to see that home and home return for, especially for a non-conference game. Sure, and I mean, I remember a couple of years ago Hawaii had that quarterback uh, who was like Heisman contender. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were studs, and then the coach at the time, their coach then is now coaching the XFL. Yep. But uh, yeah, Army there are five and six. They travel to Hawaii, who's eight and four on the year, and Hawaii's favored by three and a half points there. That's crazy too, because you look at the time on that eleven fifty nine p.m. That starts at midnight our time. Yeah, that's gonna be that's ridiculous. Uh, I think you were talking Colt Brennan, by the way. Was Colt Brennan? Yep, yeah. that's it. He uh, yep. he was a star. Yeah, he looked really good. Um, he was a Heisman front runner front runner for a while. Um, I don't know what happened. I don't remember how he finished, but that was like I want to say that was like two thousand and fourteen. Um, I was, I was going to say earlier than that. Was it earlier than that? I think so. Um, yeah, it may have been earlier than that, but I mean, that kid was, he was, he was a solid player. Um, he was fun. Oh yeah. No, oh, that yeah, was, uh, he, he was, dra- oh, he was eight. drafted in no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know why I thought it was that recent. Um, he was drafted by the Redskins in the sixth round with 186th pick that year. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he was a stud. And I think, let's see here, he was with the Skins for 08 09, the Oakland Raiders 2010, and then Hartford Colonials, that's all United Football League, and then Canada for a year, then LA, uh, the Arena League for a year, also the LA Kiss. Yeah, he. Uh... He had quite the career at Hawaii. I mean, he uh, yeah. he really turned himself around from the the days at Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he went to that Saddleback College, um, helped him win a conference championship for a, and was an honorable mention for JUCO, uh, which right. was really really cool. But uh, yeah, I mean, he really turned his life around at Hawaii, and uh, you know, I I hope he's doing well. I don't. I, he's done playing football, right? He hasn't played. Yeah, he's been out of the league for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, because he went to the XFL, and that was kind of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is a league I totally forgot about too. Is the Arena Football League, dude? I had that video game growing up um, sure. for the original Xbox, and yeah. I would always play as the Columbus. I think they're the Destroyers. 
Destroyers, um, yeah. And I think they're coming back, actually. Yeah, yeah. And that was always so fun because you could, like, tackle guys over the walls and, like, you didn't mm-hmm. get fouled for it. Like, it was great. And I'm like, this needs to be right. football all the time. And I'm looking here, too, like, KISS, the rock band. They had a team, the L.A. KISS, mm-hmm. and they only lasted two years. And you go to the owners, it's literally Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, and Doc McGee, yeah. all KISS people. So he was the manager for the KISS, Bon Jovi, Motley Crue, and Hooting the Blowfish. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they folded in 2006. Gotcha. Six, 2016. Gotcha, okay. What a great league that was. Oh, man, that was but so yeah, that's fun. That's who Brendan went with for a little while there. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, I think that's going to do it for us today. That's a wrap. Um, all right. So, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, make sure you do follow us on Facebook at Across the Sport or Across the Board uh, for our article articles, podcast, uh, and more. You can follow the Facebook page um, again, like I said, Across the Board, or you can follow us on Twitter at ATB Sportsnet. And if you want to follow our podcast link, you can follow them at ATB Sports Pod. Um, if you do want fantasy football advice, we have the best guys in the business. Um, they are the Beard Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast. They're available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or you can just check them out on Twitter at Beard Bros FF. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll check back with you next week after Rivalry Week. If I uh, if I survive, if AJ survives. Um, Next week, we'll be telling who sounds happy on the podcast. So, absolutely. Thanks for tuning in, guys. AJ, as always, pleasure. And uh, likewise, man. We will see see you guys later.